Welcome back to Pseudo Bravado, a podcast hosted by yours truly, a 20-something college student's best attempt at trying to make sense of the personal chaos through a podcast functioning as cost-efficient, read-as-free self-therapy. This episode marks the start of season two of this podcast. I've taken over half a year hiatus since the ending of last season, and to be honest, I was a little hesitant to even continue recording this podcast. There was a brief attempt to record an episode over two months ago, but I quickly gave up because I was finding it hard to articulate what I was feeling at the time. I think with this new chapter of the podcast, I'm going to adopt a slightly different structure. I've decided to actually write out everything I want to talk about beforehand and have some more fleshed out ideas before bringing it to the mic. I think that would actually make this podcast a bit more interesting to listen to. I don't have to worry about long pauses as I'm trying to find the next words because I would have already had the time to think about it and process my thoughts beforehand. I guess I think of it as doing my homework before coming to the mic. Uh, Maybe once I get the hang of this, I will improv a little bit more, but for now I'm just going to try to deliver this pre-written monologue the best that I can and try to keep it as true to the emotions I feel in the moment. With that being said, I guess it's about time we dive into a catch-up of everything that has been going on in my life since February. And also shout out to the one person who liked this podcast on Anchor because... I was pretty much going to call it a wrap um, until I saw that someone, for some reason, favorited this podcast, so um, I'm doing it for you. Uh, Nobody else, really. Um, So anyways, yeah, COVID has been a really strange time, I think, for all of us, uh, myself included. Um, All my classes for college moved online in mid-March, and I was suddenly um moving back in but this time instead of with my mom I was moving in with my dad who had recently bought a house um earlier this year and it's it was definitely really strange trying to adjust to living with a parent who had been absent for most of my childhood um I think that when it comes to caring for kids and um, putting up with the amount of maintenance that is running a household, um, my mom deserves all the props. My dad has zero stamina compared to her. I don't understand how it is that he is not holding up down a full-time job. Um, and so he stays at home all day, but yet he gets so quickly burnt out by the just basic upkeep that he has to do when it comes to maintaining a home whereas my mom had raised my sister and I um, as a single mother was working a job often graveyard shifts and would always make the time to cook every single meal for us and take us to school and you know spend time teaching us different things and taking us to all our extracurricular classes and I barely ever heard her you know complain about about it and and that was you know during a time where my sister and I were way too young to really be able to help out around the house and she did this for many many years and and meanwhile you know my sister and I were actually able to help out around the house and my dad is already just finding himself so exhausted from the work that a woman would do without really complaining much about um I just find that very interesting but I digress um yeah so it's been Uh, a bit of an adjustment getting used to living with my dad instead of my mom and I think 
my mom is definitely feeling a lot of the empty nester syndrome because of it. Um, this was the first year that both my sister and I were out of the house because we are both in university now. Um, my cousin, who was staying with us as a um, international student, also had moved out in that time. Um, and so she was kind of having to cope with the reality all up in her face of that my kids are growing up and um, they're going to move on and, and live their independent lives and um, it's going to be harder with every passing year for them to spend um, time with me, the aging parent. Um, I think that's something, this truth that kind of smacks all of our parents in the face at some point and some are better at coping with that than others and I, I think my mom um, has found it particularly difficult. Um, you know, we're still trying to, you know, figure out and navigate this new situation. Um, I think it's complicated by the fact that there has been a lot of tension in the relationships within the family. I think especially between my mom and my sister. Um, we had this huge conversation just last weekend, actually, and everyone was crying. It was... It was very, very emotional, and I think there's still a lot of kind of unresolved issues that only time will be able to heal. Um, but for now, you know, we're kind of in this weird state of limbo. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where my home life has been. Um, I finished up my third year of university, hooray. Um, and I was actually supposed to start my co-op year, or internship year, whatever you want to call it, um, this fall. So I was supposed to be applying for jobs. And note how I'm using the word supposed to, because that is actually not my reality anymore. Um, basically, I am in a, what is considered a pre-med major. And so a lot of people will either apply to med school after their third year or they will, um, you know, take the year off um, before their senior year to go work in the community. Um, a lot of them are looking for clinical positions. Some people work uh, wet lab positions if they're looking into getting into research in the future. For me, I was, you know, originally intending to do co-op because I really wanted the work experience. I still wasn't fully committed to the idea of pursuing medicine after graduation, um, but I did want to, you know, get a feel for what's out there and maybe see if there something could pique my interest. And I also think it's incredibly valuable to figure out what you don't want to do and what you're not good at, um, as much as it is important to find your strength in the direction that you do want to head. And I thought it was a good time before I graduate to kind of have that opportunity at trial and error. Um, before the stakes feel super, super real because you are supposed to be responsible for your own livelihood. So, you know, I wanted to um, get a little bit of that work experience. And co-op seemed, seemed like the most logical situation. But then COVID happened, amongst many other things. And um, the job market for us co-op students was also just not really where um, I had originally envisioned it. And I think it was also a bit of like a smack in the face, like a reality 
check. Um, once I, you know, looked at all these different job postings that were intended for graduates of my major, um, understanding what the day-to-day -day work life is supposed to be, the job responsibilities. Um, I was doing, you know, a few interviews in the beginning and, you know, getting a sense for what it would be like if I were to see myself working in the field after I graduate. And quite frankly, it was very disappointing. It was underwhelming. It was a lot of things that I didn't want it to be. And um, I think I had this one particular interview that was kind of this catalyst for this huge um, existential crisis, I guess, in like June, um, that made me realize that I'm just not in the right place as far as direction. Um, if I continue on this path of spending a year doing co-op, doing a clinical position, and then going back to do my last academic year and trying to get into med or whatever it is, um, I just don't think that I will ultimately be very happy with where I am. And I think um, my personality is also a huge barrier in terms of finding happiness in this type of career. I think I've always had a bit of a creative streak and that part would just never be quite satiated if I were to pursue medicine. I also had this um, really honest interview with a, uh, what's she? She's a pediatric no, an emergency pediatrician, and, you know, she did not bother to sugarcoat her day-to-day -day reality when it comes to the job, and basically, I, it was a very competitive position. I really, I was really, really interested in this job. I thought that the work was super exciting and interesting and up my alley, and I thought it was, you know, going to be a great, um, insightful experience. It was at um, one of the major hospitals in the city, and I was really excited. I got invited for the interview. There were, there were eight people interviewing in total out of, I think, 48 applicants. Um, and I, I felt like I really hit it off with the lab manager as well as the um, current co-op student. It was like a two-person interview. Um, you know, I felt like we were vibing, and that was such a great um, change from the previous interviews I'd done where I just could not see myself integrating um, into the team. And so I was really excited and then um, I was able to move forward to the second round of interviews which was actually with the principal investigator or this um, pediatrician. And so I was super psyched about it. Um, you know, I was pretty confident going into it thinking like, you know, I pretty good chemistry with the people before. It was now down to me and one other girl, so we were like their top two candidates, and so I guess the stakes were kind of high, um, and I was really counting on getting this job because I, I just thought, you know, I had this gut feeling like this is supposed to be where I'm going to end up um, doing my co-op year with, and then came the interview, and I mean, I won't really go into the details of it, but Basically, throughout the course of the half hour, I, I spent on Zoom chatting with the PI. I realized that I just don't really have the personality. I don't really have enough of that drive, thick skin that she talks a lot about, um, to be able to 
stay in that position and, and find happiness. And um, I just don't think it would be sustainable for myself. And I wasn't really what they were looking for. I didn't really have the experience um, that she was looking for in a candidate. Um, she gave me really good feedback throughout the interview. I think she was very, very transparent about the process, which I really appreciate because I feel like that's kind of hard to come by. Sometimes you'll just get rejected from a job, but you won't really understand why. Um, and you will feel like the interviewer was kind of putting on a front the whole time. Whereas I felt like in this interview, if I said something that just did not land with her, she was very honest about the fact that it did not land with her. And she explained to me why. And I think that is so many more times um, powerful and um, informative as a learning experience um, than had that not been the case. Um, so yeah, shout out to this lady because I learned a lot from that interview and from having to take that rejection that really left me gutted for days. Um, you know, I took a break from applying to jobs after that because I just could not emotionally recover, um, at least not right away. Um, obviously I feel a little bit better now, but that was, um, a pretty hard hit to take and it kind of sent me into this kind of soul-searching phase, um, and I read this book called The Defining Decade, which um, is written by a psychologist who kind of offers counseling to her clients um, who are all kind of in their 20s, and then it kind of follows the outcomes of what happens down the road based on the decisions that these people had made in their 20s and the advice they had received from the counselor. Um, and I think it was something that I really needed to hear um, in this moment because I'm kind of, you know, in my early 20s and I, I think, you know, the book, the premise of the book is kind of the idea where people feel like their 20s is, is a decade that feels quite dispensable um, you make decisions that uh, don't really seem to have an effect on your overall life. But in reality, even the smallest decisions that you make, like taking that one gap year or, you know, um, taking that one job, it can, one thing leads to another and it kind of ends up defining a lot of what the rest of your life becomes. Um, especially when you're in your 30s and you just have more responsibilities that kind of tie you down. You have less mobility um, when it comes to switching careers or moving to a different country. And you have all these commitments you've made. And when did you make it? In your 20s when you thought you were supposed to be living this life of freedom. So that kind of really made me realize that I don't want to just be going with the flow what I think um, people expect of me or what seems like the orthodox approach to life because I think that's kind of sabotaging my future um, and I think 20s are a time where I should try to be as bold as I can when it comes to the decisions I make of course within reason but I'm thinking in terms of um, you know following my intuition of what I think aligns with my personal values and um, giving certain careers a shot uh, well, I can still afford to, in a sense. Um, I, it's a lot harder when you're older. And um, I just don't want to feel like I'm going into my 30s with the regrets of not having listened to myself and um, followed my instincts, I guess. So 
yeah, um, if anybody else is going through a period of time where they just have a lot of questions about their future and a lot of uncertainty and are worried about whether or not they're making the right decisions and if they should take that chance or take that job or whatever or switch um, their career, I think um, you should definitely check out the book. It's called The Defining Decade. I forgot who the author is, but I'm pretty sure it'll come up if you Google it and there's actually a PDF of it. So I pretty much read that book in like two days because I was just eating it up. I really needed it in my life. Um, anyways... Yeah, so I have my notes. Oh my god. Okay, so, um, yeah, that was basically June. Um, I also took an online course in June. I wasn't anticipating on it. I thought this was the first summer where I was not going to have summer class. Um, and I was just going to focus mainly on working part-time. Uh, in the summer, I was going to work at a day camp. Obviously, that didn't happen because of COVID. Um, I was supposed to actually travel. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. I was supposed to be in Japan for, like, a few days with my sister. And we had this whole itinerary planned. And then our everything just kind of went to shit. Um, I was supposed to visit family in China. I was supposed to do all these different things and make it in time and apply for co-op jobs and... Um, study for my MCAT um, because I, you know, at the beginning of the summer, I, th I still thought I had the intention of, you know, doing medicine, but at this point it's now August and um, a lot of things can change within the span of a month and a half. And um, yeah, so I was studying for my MCAT. I also had another summer course I'd taken and I finished by the end of June. I actually took my MCAT just last weekend. Um, so I'm kind of celebrating having freedom now. Um, I'm really glad that I kind of followed through on my act, on the intention of taking the MCAT. You know, I wanted to challenge myself. I think, um, in, you know, working so hard in my undergrad and like doing all the prereqs that were basically for the MCAT, I was like, might as well just give it a shot and just see, um, see how much have I really learned and absorbed. Because I think a lot of the times as a university student, you're just so focused on getting the good grades um, so that you can go to grad school or go to med school, um, but not really taking the time to, you know, see what have I actually learned? Like what do, what really sticks with me? Um, and I think, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I need to drink some water. Hold on. Okay. Oh my God, my throat is so dry. Anyways, but you just like, when you're in an institution that just forces you to be under so much pressure all the time and competing with each other and really focused on like this end goal but not so much the process I think it really sucks the joy out of learning and I've really enjoyed this time um, I've had this summer to kind of be by myself be outside of the classroom but still learning and also pick up new hobbies and new interests um, to really appreciate why I love to learn in the first place and um, kind of creating that desire to continue learning even, you know, once I graduate in, in a year's time, I still think there's a lot of things I want to learn. Um, so yeah, I really appreciated that part of quarantine, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I took the MCAT. It, thank God I took it this year in a sense because um, the original MCAT is supposed to be like 
seven hours long, including the lunch break and stuff. Um, but they've shortened it this year because of COVID. Um, I did have to end up taking it at 6.30 in the morning instead of the usual start time of 8 a.m. But that's okay. I don't mind being an early bird. Um, I ended up having to wake up at like 4.30 a.m. for the exam, but at least I was finished by noon, which was nice. But anyways, yeah, so I took the MCAT. Um, my scores come out, I think, next week. Not next week. In about a week and a half, my scores will come out. Um, maybe I'll keep, I'll keep you guys updated on this podcast. I'll let you know how I did, if any of you guys are interested. Maybe I'll make, even make a po- uh, podcast all about the whole MCAT experience in depth. Who knows? But this is coming from someone who has no intention of actually applying to med anymore. Um, yeah, so I did that. Um, this summer I've also been volunteering again. Um, I've been volunteering, uh, at a crisis center, actually, so answering a lot of calls, um, surrounding mental health and, um, general distress, suicide. Um, there are definitely some heavy conversations in there. Um, and that has just been a really interesting intense experience I've learned so much um and it's really I think influenced my worldview and just um made me reflect more on the ways I interact with people and um the way you have a conversation with someone about very personal um stigmatized topics at times um yeah I will keep you guys posted on how that goes. I'm still in the very early stages of it. Um, just getting used to doing my own solo shifts on the phone lines. Um, yeah, I think just 2020 is a lot of it has been kind of getting outside of my comfort zone and thinking about my future a lot. And I feel like I'm starting to finally see certain things fall into place, um, which is really exciting. Um, and then continuing on with that, I'm also starting, um, another volunteer role in the fall with my school, um, as, like, a peer health educator sort of thing, um, which is really exciting, um, I think, hopefully, I'll be able to, uh, really get to know my cohort really well, I I feel like so far I really vibe with my peers, um, It's taken me this long, you know, going into my senior year of university to really feel like I could potentially establish a sense of community, which is really, really exciting because I just never really quite found that in the academic environment. I think everyone was, you know, rightfully so very focused on their future and their career, but it left very little room to really get to know each other on a personal level. I think every interaction was always super surface level. And it was always about like, oh, whose lab are you working in? What research experience do you have? And it was kind of, um, I don't know. It just never really felt genuine, I guess. Uh, Yeah. But I'm excited to be volunteering and to really get to know people for who they are and and, um, make good friends, hopefully. So, yeah, again, that's also something I will probably keep you guys posted on on this podcast we'll see how that goes. Um, and I think it kind of just exemplifies, like, everyone's kind of going through life at their own pace, and, um, 
you know, I remember coming in university and, like, I think in the movies they kind of glamorize it as, like, this is the time, kind of like high school, I guess, like, this is the time where you'll meet the people who really, like, shape you in a lot of different ways and who you're just going to be super, super close with and you're going to build these, like, unbreakable bonds. But I, I still always felt, like, a certain level of separation or distance from all my peers. I just never quite connected with people. But I'm hoping to really open myself up because I think part of it is, you know, it's a reciprocal thing. Like, if you don't open up to someone, how do you expect them to also let you into their bubble? Um, so I think this year, going into the fall, one of my goals is to really get to know the people around me on a more personal level and also open up and show a little bit more of my personality, I guess. Um, yeah, I think I, I tend to keep a bit of a, a guard when it comes to getting to know people, um, but I'm working on it, I'm working on it. Uh, I think volunteering has definitely helped a lot. Um, we get, like, these really super in-depth debrief conversations where we kind of, like, pick apart all of our thought processes and our biases and our the way we view the world and hear different perspectives, and I think um, we've created a really great space for open conversation, and, and that's kind of, yeah, it's been inspiring, and it's kind of pushing me to kind of take that approach to other areas of my life. Um, yeah. Anyways, so after that interview, I'm jumping all over the place. So basically, after that interview, I realized I didn't want to do medicine, but I was still going to finish the MCAT because, you know, that, there's still always that part of me that's like, you got to finish what you start. Um, it's that discipline I need to have in myself. Um... So I did that, and then I emailed my co-op advisor and let her know that I wasn't planning on doing co-op anymore. Um, you know, I told some of my friends, and some of them were very shocked. Um, but, you know, overall, very, very supportive, and I'm, I'm really glad that um, I have such a great group of people around me supporting me. Um, and also, you know, I was kind of toying around with the idea of doing a gap year after I graduate, obviously. Um, COVID has kind of thrown a wrench in the plans, but um, I started kind of looking into teaching English abroad because I know you can do that with a bachelor's degree, which is what I will hopefully have in less than a year. Crazy to think. But yeah, so I want to hopefully teach English. Um, I'm thinking South Korea um, for a year. I don't know what the timing will look like, um, but I, I do want to have that kind of cross-cultural experience, um, living abroad, sorry, another water break, um, I, I definitely want to just, like, have that experience in a foreign country, hopefully learn a new language, that's actually one of the things I did this summer, is that I taught myself how to read Hangul, uh, which is, like, the Korean writing system, um, so, yeah, just immersing myself with the culture little by little. I've been getting into their music. I definitely know I'm late to the bandwagon. I think a lot of it was just like a sense of prejudice I had against um, like Asian culture and music um, because I was raised in a Western society. I think part of it is that just kind of internalized, um, I don't know, bias against Asian culture, even though I'm Asian myself and it's something that I've had to like actively work against and recognize within myself and kind of undo and unlearn a lot of things but anyways that's a whole other conversation for a different episode of this podcast but anyway uh I have been really enjoying just like listening to music watching k-dramas 
um, learning the language. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully I can do some traveling and work abroad for the year after I graduate. Um, maybe in 2022, who knows if will we have a vaccine by then? Will the world still exist as we know it? Um, yeah, there's just still a lot of uncertainty about the future. Um, I'm trying to, I'm looking at my notes of what I was going to talk about. I wrote quarantine activities. So what have I been doing in quarantine besides just like studying all the time? Um, I've been wanting to paint more. I've actually painted quite a bit this summer. Um, I'm currently working on this really large canvas piece, acrylic on canvas. Um, I'm painting one of these, one of the film photos that I took while I was in Europe last year. Um, and I want to put that up somewhere in the house, I think, because our house is kind of quite empty. Um, we've been living here for, I think, eight months, and there's still no dining table. Like, there's a small round table at the kitchen um, where we eat all of our meals during the day, but there's, like, an actual form, like, a separate dining room that's, like, completely empty. There's no table or chairs in there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, missing furniture around the house in general. Um, and I just wanted to put some art up because I feel like art really makes a home feel homey. Um, so I've been painting some stuff. Um, I've been toying around with the idea of starting a YouTube channel. Uh, I think it'd be kind of fun, you know, now that I have my foreseeable future, um, I'm going to be spending it in this house and, um, I won't be living with roommates for the first time in like two years. Um, I'll have a little bit more privacy in that sense and... Um, hopefully more free time as well, because I find that, uh, I can sleep more, my, uh, when classes are online, because I just, I can watch the lectures at my own pace, and I, I can also put it on two times the rate, so I can actually get through the material faster, because sometimes it's just way too slow. Um, and that's just like, yeah, it kind of frees up my time a little bit more, I kind of want to, um, pursue some more creative outlets, um, you know, also this summer, I participated in one of those Adobe, like, UX design challenges, kind of on a whim, because my sister was doing it, and she's kind of in a more uh, media-based program, so she brought it up, and she mentioned that you can get a year-free subscription to all Adobe Cloud products, um, which is a lifesaver if you are someone in the arts or someone just living on a budget and cannot afford to pay that monthly subscription fee. Um, also, I do want to make a transition after I graduate into, I think, the UX design sphere. I guess I forgot to mention that. Totally forgot to mention that, actually. Yeah. Um, at some point during my existential spiral, I realized, or I went on Reddit a lot, and I was just, like, looking up um, careers that I could see myself you know, transitioning into, because obviously medicine research wasn't really going to work out for me. I just didn't see it happening. Um, and I looked up, like, my Myers-Briggs type, which is an INFJ, and I was looking at careers that a lot of INFJ people uh, were in and were very happy with and kind of suited the personality. And one thing that came up pretty consistently was UX design, and I didn't really know what UX design was at the time. I'd kind of heard it thrown around here and there. I did a little bit more research into it, um, and it was super fascinating. So I 
I kind of decided, um, you know, why not give it a shot? So that's kind of my plan after I graduate. Um, it is a field that's still kind of new. And um, what's great about it is that it welcomes people from a lot of different backgrounds. You don't necessarily have to have like a bachelor's degree specifically um, in computer science, although it is helpful to um, have that type of degree, but you can kind of come from different backgrounds and make that transition to UX design. It's definitely going to have its own barriers and um, competition that I'll have to face, but uh, I think when you are passionate about something, you will always find a way to make it happen. So yeah, I'm excited about that, but that's kind of still pretty far into the future. Um, you know, for now, I just have to focus on doing my senior thesis, um, which is a whole other beast I'll have to tackle. Um, but yeah, I think it's just great that I'm finally finding this feeling of this is where I belong and this is a career career I could really see myself being happy in. Um, it kind of combines... Uh, my interest in being creative as well as analytical and thinking of solutions for problems and um, creating intuitive design. Uh, I think it's super fascinating and I'm excited to see where that kind of goes. Um, besides that, during quarantine, I have acquired a lot of plants. Um, kind of going broke because of it at this point. Um, I feel like I'm always having to like size up, repot my plants. I have some philodendrons that are root-bound at this point. Um, I need to size up, but I just don't know of places to buy cute ceramics or cute um, planters. So if anybody has suggestions, please let me know. Um, for now, I, I, I don't know. I'm a little too broke to justify spending that money, but I've been growing some Monstera Delicioso, I think is the name, the split-leaf philodendron really cute. I feel like a proud mom. I was able to bring my sister's Haworthia, it's like a succulent, back to life. It was looking so shriveled up when we moved back in with my dad, um, like back in March, and I've just been diligently watering it once a week, um, giving it good lighting, taking care of it, and it is looking as good as new once again. Um, plants are truly very resilient. Um, however, I cannot say the same about my fern. It's been dead since like, I don't know, October. And I've been watering it, but I don't know, something just isn't right. It looks dead. I think it's kind of beyond return at this point, but I, I still like water it for ceremonial purposes, even though I know it's never going to come back to life again. Um, I also got an air plant. I got a snake plant. Those are very low maintenance. Um, I got a pothos, I got, um, what else do I have? I have this, like, ivy plant, another ivy plant. It's, like, a vine and, a vine-like plant, and it's hanging from a planter. Very cute. What other plants do I have? I'm just mentally going through. Oh, yeah, I also got, um, I got, what's it called? Uh, Bird of Paradise. A Bird of Paradise. I had a little bit of a aphid infestation episode um but I treated it I resolved it um with some some spray that I got from Home Depot um so it's looking a little bit better now and then I also have a lily sensation um I think those are all my plants my mom gave me a anthurium I think that's what they're called I also have a little cactus 
Um, I've been propagating this succulent that I've had since like first year, I think. Yeah, since first year. Wow. I've propagated it like twice. Um, and it's thriving. It just, yeah, it just won't stop growing. And at some point I'm just going to have to say I cannot propagate you any longer because I got to make space for my other plants. But yeah, I'm, I'm like a full on plant mom now. I'm so proud. Um, I've also done a little bit of baking. I think everyone kind of went through a phase in the beginning of quarantine where they were like baking bread and I was no exception. I made some banana bread. Really bomb. Um, can't really have any of that right now because I forgot to mention, I actually just had my wisdom teeth removed yesterday. I'm surprised that I actually can articulate and talk and actually record this podcast episode because, um, yeah, I'm I'm literally still recovering from it. Um, I can't have any hard foods. Um, I can't have any hot foods. I've just had like pudding, soup, yogurt, ice cream. What else have I had? Smoothie, but I can't have it through a straw. I have to just spoon feed myself that. Um, I've had like some croissant. Just dip it in, in the soup and let it soak and soften. Um, I've been taking painkillers and antibiotics. Um, yeah. Also, I'm just feeling kind of sleepy. I'm probably going to sleep after this. It's like 11 p.m. Um, I've been sleeping earlier because, I don't know, it's just nice. Nice to sleep, man. What else? I'm just looking at my notes that are about the things that I was going to mention in this podcast. Because I always find, like, one of the things I was really struggling with when it came to recording the podcast was finding enough things to talk about or remembering, recalling um, the things I wanted to talk about on the spot. It's really hard to organize it all in one place. Um, yeah, so I mentioned, yes, I was learning Korean on Coursera. I was taking this course. There's actually so many interesting online courses that you can take for free out there. I just want to dedicate more time to doing that, I think. Um, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Like, once you remove yourself from the monotonous structure of institutionalized higher education you realize that everyone like you can find a passion for learning um if you just go out there and find something that's a little bit more personalized I think it's kind of hard to find that tailor fit education um at a formal you know university and which is why a lot of people end up acquiring a distaste for education when I think human beings inherently are curious and want to expand their minds but the education system just kind of fails them and makes them hate it um and it takes some time to kind of relearn um and to redevelop that kind of interest in learning and um yeah the summer has been great for that uh, I really enjoyed doing my own um learning for fun and I want to continue doing that whenever I find time. I think especially with the Black Lives Matter movement that was happening this summer, um, it kind of exposed me to a whole side of history and um, sociology even that I want to like learn more about. Um, I think Yale offers an open source course that you can take online um to learn a little bit more about black history and it's definitely something I have kind of in the back of my mind um that I will hopefully be able to visit when um I have like time set aside to do it 
But yeah, there's so many exciting courses that are being offered online. Um, what else have I been doing? Ooh, I've been watching K-dramas. I just finished watching um, the one on Netflix. I don't actually have Netflix, but I watch it on a different site. It's okay not to be okay. So good. It touches on a lot of like mental health issues. Um, great chemistry between the two main leads. And um, yeah, characters that you just can't help but love. And yeah, it was just really well written, I think. Um, so yeah, highly recommend that K-drama. I honestly haven't been watching... I have not been watching very many movies or shows. I used to like watch a movie like once every week, but I, I can barely do that nowadays. I just, I think it might be because of COVID. So many movie, so many movie releases have been delayed for whatever, um, I mean, not for whatever reason, obviously they're, they just know it's COVID and they're not going to release their movies as normal. But yeah, I just haven't found too many exciting movies lately i think the most recent one i watched was um what's it called uh palm springs which is kind of like a groundhog day um kind of movie where the guy wakes up and it's like the same day over and over and over again um it's actually really funny and really good so i guess that's the only movie i've seen recently that i really enjoyed um i would recommend it i do want to watch um schitt's creek i've heard it's really good it's on its final season and it was nominated for a bunch of Emmys. Um, I do want to watch that. But I just, I don't even know where to find it online. I need to find a place to watch it. Um, meanwhile, I've been, I guess, uh, listening to some podcasts, as usual. Um, Dive Studios podcasts are A1. Um, we've got, like, the Tablo podcast. He's super funny. Um, he was kind of, like, the first one that I found, and then it kind of, opened up doors to the other podcasts on the network. Um, and then there's the Eric Nam K-pop Daybox show, as well as um, the podcast that he does with his brother, um, which is the Commit or Quit, where they watch the first two episodes of like a certain drama uh, or TV series, and then they kind of discuss it and decide whether or not it is interesting enough for them to commit to the entire series or if they should just quit. Um, and a recent one that has, um, been introduced to Dive Studios rotation is Get Real, which is hosted by Ashley BM from Card and Peniel from B2OB, um, and they just have, like, a really great group dynamic and chemistry, and they're all super funny together. They kind of each offer their own different perspective um, around topics of, like, working within the K-pop industry, which I find kind of fascinating as an outsider, just listening in on it. And, I don't know, they also talk about just, like, relatable topics for anyone in their 20s. Um, and, yeah, I just, that podcast has been really fun to throw on. Um, Asian Boss Girl, as usual, another great podcast. Um, I've been trying to make more time to listen to, like, educational podcasts, like, around UX design. Um, I listened to, like, two episodes that I really liked. I don't even remember from which, from which, um, podcast series. But, um, yeah, I think that's kind of one of my goals also is just to really immerse myself within the UX design sphere. Like, hopefully read a little bit more about UX, 
um, learn more of the skills, listen to the podcasts, and kind of just like gradually um, expose myself more to that world um, whenever I can in my free time, I guess. Um, ooh, I actually, hold on a minute. Oh, I actually have a list of movies that I've watched in the last couple of months. So this is not like super recent, but I guess since 2020, some of the movies that I've watched this year that kind of stood out, there's only like four, um, and three of them are part of a trilogy. So, uh, I mean, one of them is Portrait of a Lady on Fire, a great movie. I think everyone's raved about it. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's actually a French film. Um, I watched it without subtitles. Um, because I, yeah, there were no subtitles I could find. Um, it was on like a Chinese website and I just cannot read Chinese fast enough to keep up and understand what they're saying. So I just had to use my minimal level of high school slash that one elective university French course level of French to get through it. And I was still able to do that. So if I can do that, you can do that too. Um, or maybe not, I don't know. Um, but it was a great film. I loved the cinematography. I think that really stood out to me and I think... Um, oh my god, just the emotions, uh, the actresses, their chemistry. I'm really just using the same terminology over and over again. Um, I'm, I'm clearly not a film buff. I don't know how to critique film, but I just really enjoyed that movie, and I think a lot of people did as well. Um, yeah, it was just like a, a visual masterpiece. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed that movie. And another one I really liked, uh, the trilogy I mentioned, is the Before Sunrise, Sunset, Midnight trilogy. It's um, a series by Richard Linklater. I believe it was filmed... I actually have no idea. It was filmed over the course of many years. Well, I mean, each movie was filmed several years apart. I think, like, five years apart. Every five years they would film a movie. So I think this took them, like, 15 years to complete this trilogy. Um, but it's basically about this couple that kind of meets very serendipitously in, actually I have no idea, Vienna? I think it was in Vienna where they met on a train or something. And then they like, spend this magical evening together and then they get separated. Um, and that's kind of like the first movie. And then before sunset is when they kind of bump into each other several years down the road. And blah, 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 blah. Um, I won't spoil it, but it's a great trilogy. I think my favorite uh, movie from the series is either Before Sunrise or Before Sunset. I think Before Sunset has like a really great um, ending for a movie. Probably one of the most iconic movie endings I've ever seen. Um, I think, yeah. It kind of ends in what feels like an abrupt way, but also it makes so much sense. Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. You just have to see it. Let's see. Um, and then I also wrote, uh, in my notes, books I am currently reading. So I'm currently reading Odes by Sharon Olds. Um, I bought some books in the beginning of the summer and I'm just getting around to reading it. So I don't really have, um, a full book review or anything for you, but so far I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's a series of poems, specifically Odes to various things um I believe this was like a book that was recommended or mentioned by this author I love uh Durga Chubos 
who wrote um, Too Much and Not the Mood. And so I decided I was going to check this book out. And it's been really, really great so far. And then another book I'm um, in the process of reading is called The Book of Disquiet by Fernando Pessoa. And um, I love reading it when I have like a pen with me so I can like highlight my favorite lines because like it's like reading poetry even though it's not really in a poetry format. Um, there's just so many lines that really like stick with you. Um, so I've been really enjoying reading that. Um, YouTubers who inspire me. Ooh. Um, I've been watching this YouTuber called Carrie Cakes and she's kind of the reason why I was kind of inspired to move to South Korea. Um, hopefully in the future to do my gap year. Um, I feel like there's a lot in that country that I want to explore. The culture is really interesting. I would love to learn a new language. Um, there's so many beautiful places to visit. Uh, and I could just feel, I could imagine myself really enjoying my time there. So, um, yeah, shout out to Carrie Cakes. And let's see. Hmm. Oh my god. Okay, I'm just scrolling through to see what other things I want to mention before I wrap up this episode of the podcast because um, we're already at like 50 minutes long. Um, if you've stayed and listened throughout this entire episode, thank you for listening. Um, yeah, I think I'm just gonna wrap it up kind of here for now. I covered a lot of ground today. I've basically updated you guys on where I'm at. And, oh my god, my sister just got home from her her hangout with her friends. But yeah, I've updated you guys on where I'm at. And um, I don't know when I'm going to film the next episode of this podcast. I will update you guys on how that goes. Thank you for listening and tune in again next time.